guys are awesome. We love having you here. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. But did you know that we're actually part of a larger network? You find us on the Urban Conservative or TUConservative.com. TUConservative.com is a conglomerate of a bunch of different shows and podcasts. You've got our show, Two Americas. You've got the twins show, The Urban Conservative. You've got David Hensley's show, The Hensley Report. And of course, you've got Freedom Talk with Clarence Henderson. So if you want to see more of this swirl, you got to get behind the paywall. $10 a year. It's basically ceremonial, honestly. You guys aren't making us rich. You're just making it possible. So if you want to contribute to people like us, to freedom fighters, to content creators, to the merchandise and all the other options and all the other bloggers and contributors that are on the way in the future, give us that small, measly amount of money and you can forward our ideological battle to the moon. Anyway, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Come here. Seriously, get lost. We need a moment. So anyway, I was, you notice that big lady that we saw outside of like, was it Ross? And she mm-hmm. had like the big poncho on. I know whenever I see like big chicks like that wearing ponchos, I always think of like a sail on a ship. Like, <laughs> It was windy that day too. <laughs> She's going to blow away. <laughs> Better lose weight or you'll end up in Narnia. <laughs> and see, they always make fun of me like, oh, you're going to blow away because you're just skinny. You can blow away because that big sail. Right. What do you call it? A sail. A sail. <laughs> I guess it's just a sail. Right. Uh, uh, so um, did I tell you about my chemo recovery update? No. What's up? <laughs> Pea smells like butter. Why <laughs> <laughs> butter? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Stupid me. Why would I ask? How am I supposed to know? I don't know. (laughs) What other weird sensational switches do you have going on? Well, the other day I was peeing and I was like, butter. And then, uh, and then what? Hmm? We're rolling. Hey, everybody. This is Scott and Zingo with Uh, Two Americas. How you doing? Yes, we are the conservative couple. Absolutely. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. (laughs) Anyway, um, so we are just going to jump right into this. So, yeah, um, we've got a cool show planned for you today. We have uh, a few things. Uh, one of those things being that our um, our beer is complying with mask mandates. Our beer doesn't joke around about its health. Mm-hmm. Our beer takes um, takes life and the sanctity of life very seriously. Mm-hmm. Fully although, boosted. Although each beer has had three abortions, but whatever. Celebrate your abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway... Speaking of... What are the things we're going to talk about first? Well... we got to update folks. I was going to get to it. Sorry, my bad, my bad. Um, Obviously, a big portion of this show is going to be dedicated to the saga that is Kyle Rittenhouse and what that means for America. It's not just a court case, folks. It's far more important than that. Yes, there's deeper things going on. But we also got a couple other things of note worth here. Um, Some palate cleansers and a couple of things that uh, might make you you tickle your funny bone. (laughs) We'll also be doing, of course, my use of force segment on a really tragic case. Uh, we'll be talking about how Jordan Peterson got his jab and regrets it. Mm-hmm. We've got a uh, TikToker who wants to talk to your kids without you in the room. And we've also got uh, a bit of a biblical analysis that we think is relevant to everything that's going on in the world. So Indeed. lots to talk about. Might as well just get right into it. Let's jump. So, uh, jump, I mean, jump. are you aware, darling, that shoplifting is now legal and trendy? No, but I went to the store today and bought three garments and I guess I could have saved money. Yeah, apparently if you just, well, uh, <laughs> Connecticut, you know, just criminals loading up their van with stolen items in broad daylight. Yeah, just 
just chucking it all in there. But what's funny to me is that mm. not only was it in broad daylight and not only did you, no one did anything about it, but that they just like recorded it. What's like, the point? Like, like they're, not gonna, they're not going to use the evidence. Right. You know? Well, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Hey, you know, y'all, you want to defund the police and then you want to defund them some more by firing all the cops that didn't get the poke and then you want to defund them again for racial justice. I mean, screw your store. <laughs> you know what? On a serious note, on one serious note. I this, was being serious. Screw this, your store. I know. I know you are being serious, but because we said this was a palate cleanser, but it just dawns on me of how backwards your culture has to be. Like, what's that? It's a scripture in the Bible where it's like evil, they call evil good and good evil. And he was talking about the church and how screwed up the church would get uh, near the end of the world. But I think he was talking about it being like the church doing that and how like egregious that was and how serious that was. Mm -hmm. But when your culture starts to do do that before the, like the church really gets involved, I think that shows you where things are really going in this country. And that's really scary. Yeah. I mean, it, I would assume that even the most rabid anti-God atheist would at least have some semblance of justice. Like they would look at a case of people just randomly stealing other people's stuff and just be like, well, that's bad. Well, you remember, it's like, I, I don't need a God to tell me to tell me that stealing's wrong. I don't need a God to tell, and it's like, well, all these people don't believe in God and they're all stealing and killing people. Now that it's basically legal to steal, suddenly everyone's like, oh. <laughs> well, you know, people make choices and uh, they suffer the consequences. I just hope that we don't have to suffer them in our community too badly, but. Uh, we'll see. That's the problem with blue cities is they spread their ideological disease like a sneeze. Like a, a COVID riddled, AIDS riddled sneeze that gets in your mouth <laughs> and you and you drink it. Anyway, <laughs> um, speaking of COVID, Jordan Peterson got the jab and Canadians who are vaccinated now cannot me. leave the country. Yeah. Like what the hell? Why why is that? And I'm look, I got vaccinated and people took me to task for that. And I thought, all right, I'll get the damn vaccine. Here's the deal, guys. I'll get the vaccine. You fucking leave me alone. And did that work? No. So st stupid me. <laughs> Listen, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the man, but yes, stupid you. Uh -huh. you, sh you fell for that one? Really? After everything that's going on in the world? It's funny, though, because this is the guy that stood up to his entire government in Canada, and then he just bowed down to the mob. And I know like that affected his livelihood and stuff, but there are plenty of people concern, uh, con concerned with their livelihood and should they get the vaccine or not. I got a text the other day saying, hey, I'm in a, in a rock and a hard place. Like It's happening all over. It may hit us. We don't know. Uh, but I get where he's coming from. At the same time, it's like, dude, you were the guy that stood up against the, 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 the Canadian government. You're the guy that said, Every young man and young woman should be a freaking monster. Every like men need to step up. And then he's like, crap, I didn't step up. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people gave him crap for it, too. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. But um, he could take it in the chin. He's a, he's a man. He'll be all right. Yeah. The, 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 the funny thing about it, though, is to me, here's where I got to give him credit where credit's due, right? Like he's obviously the phenomenon world hero that he is. He'll probably bury us in the history books and we'll even be remembered. But he also lives in that liberal ecosphere. Yes. His friends are all well-to-do types for the most part. He's surrounded by academics. Yes. A lot of his friends are in that upper income strata in right. Canada. And, you know, he travels the world and gets to jet set to Russia if he gets sick. I mean, we don't have that option. We would have just died. But that's what I'm saying is that when you're in that ecosphere, it is way more challenging to be an ideologue. 
well, to be I'll, idealistic. I'm sorry. He is an ideologue. He's not like right for him to make, to to take this point of resistance to the level that you and I would take it. It would cost him more, I think, than it would cost us because we don't have as much to lose. I was gonna say it's easy when you don't have anything. Yeah, like for us, it's like we're gonna come and take your eight hundred dollars you have in the bank. <laughs> we'll just be like, fine, take it. You know, but like for him, it's it's a big deal when he gets whacked. You know um, what I mean? But it, it also goes to show you, like when I go to the, uh, different events that are more like national, and I meet uh, conservatives from California, like Los Angeles, and I meet. Uh, conservatives that are from New York City, when we talk about guns, it, it's it's very different. Like people in these very urbanized uh, places, they have they're they're still kind of a like a, a, a like a mutant version of a conservative. Mm. <laughs> and I'm That's like, a good way of describing it. Like, wait a second, you don't want me to have guns? Like, think about New York City. Like, you know, people don't need guns in you. I'm like, they probably actually do, and but they just don't. They're like, I don't know, I can't do the gun thing. Like, I think people should have guns, but I also think it needs to be regulated to a certain degree. So I'm not saying, and Jordan Peterson is not really a conservative, but no, he, he is more of like libertarian, I guess, would you say? He's a liberal. He just wants things to go back to the way they were. So he's a conservative. <laughs> he's like a Robert, like a John F. Kennedy. Right. Liberal. Okay. That's fine. But you get what I'm trying to say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I agree with you. It's just funny to me. Like, yeah, there are different like ecosystems and they change the nature of the definitions, right? Like a, yep. li like a libertarian from like the outskirts of Oklahoma bordering on like the west side of the state is a completely different libertarian from one who like lives in Quebec. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're not the same libertarian. It's like the culture still gets, gets you if you're not careful. Yeah. It gets in there. It creeps into your bones. Like, I mean, I still wear flip-flops in the winter. You know, you can take the boy out of the beach. You can take the beach out of the boy. Ladies, he also wears those, um, what do you call those? Uh, those chanclas. Chanclas. He also wears those uh, chanclas that basketball players wear with socks so they don't get their the bottom of their basketball shoes dirty. Hmm. And I'm like, baby, you're supposed to wear socks with those. Like, my feet are sweaty and hot. I'm like, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare go to the grocery store with those chanclas on. And I dare. And your bare feet. Actually, one time you didn't know when we were walking Wilbur, and I took a video of it, and I sent it to Cody, and I zoomed in on your feet. <laughs> she was like, what the? I said, thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Whatever. My chunk is my feet. <laughs> Man. Speaking of um, consent, let's talk about this TikToker and how he wants to talk to your kids. I want to oh, talk Lord. to the kids. Parents, watch the video oh, and then hand the phone over to the young kids. Hi there. Um, I get asked a lot, are you a boy or a girl? And I love that question. And so I wanted to just tell you, sometimes human beings are more than boy or girl. No, they're not. Sometimes we're something else. Sometimes no, we're pretty both. Not. Pretty much there's sometimes, another Sometimes um, no, we kind men of float. And girls. In between. And sometimes we're a boy, sometimes okay. we're a girl. Because um, human beings are creatures. And we're wild and exciting. <laughs> <sighs> they want to diddle your kids. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't feel safe. <laughs> what parents? I, I tell you, no, I take it back. I actually know off the top of my head probably about a dozen families who would sit down with their kid and watch that, and they consider that like wholesome entertainment. Entertainment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would consider it bonding with the children, like they were seeing something educational. I guess it would be entertainment for us. Like, say the kid, uh, our child is 12, mm -hmm. and you're like, "Hey, son, come over here and watch this." Oh that, yeah, there's what we call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a non-binary person of insanity. <laughs> if if they try to get you alone, let me show you how to punch them in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> I 
This man will try to diddle your child. <laughs> this this type of man, if he looks like this, he's got eyeshadow and he's got lipstick on. Looks like your mama's. Mm. This is who you punch in the dick. We call these Joe Bidens. The Bidens are everywhere. <laughs> they will sniff you. Some Joe Bidens don't have on makeup, and some Joe Bidens are more easily seen. This is the easily seen. Stealth Bidens. Stealth Bidens. This would be the opposite, opposite of a stealth Biden. This would be like a circus Biden. An undercover Biden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, folks, you got you, you to gotta know what your kids are watching on TikTok. It's breeding mental illness like you wouldn't believe. I, I mean, it, it, TikTok is riddled with people with mental illnesses. Like sometimes it's just like stupid stuff. And then sometimes it's people like young men who are like, yeah, I like to hit girls and they like it. That's that's something's wrong with you. It, it, putting out that content like TikTok is, is a place um, for souls to be lost mm. and drugged down to hell. It is a dark, dark place. Hmm. Well, speaking of that, uh, don't let your kid watch TikTok. Since we're on that same theme. It seems like there's a trend lately of like these real gender non-conforming LGBTQ queer binary whatever's really really wanting to touch children. A non-binary assistant professor at ODU has come out of out in support of destigmatizing 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 pedophilia or as they call it minor attraction. Alan Walker, look how they spell their name. Alan Walker sat down with Notorious Group Postacia to discuss that uh, their book on the pedophile pursuit of dignity. The book, A Long Dark Shadow, by A-L-L-Y-N Walker. Like he's trying to make himself Allie, but it's Alan. Sometimes I'm Allie, and sometimes I'm Alan, and sometimes I'm Allie-in. Those glasses tell me he diddles children? Hmm. It... Okay, let's say let's say you and I, for some odd reason, like we bump our heads and decide to let our children go to public school, <laughs> and we go and there's a bump pretty hard. Yeah, we go and there's a PTA meeting. He's like, my name is Allian um, Walker, and I'm your son's. Is that your son? My goodness, I- I'm your son's math teacher. <laughs> I'd be like, eyes up here, Heppa. What is going on here? <laughs> I want I want male teachers to check me out. I don't want male teachers to check my twelve year old son out. That is a good rule. That is a great rule. Z. I want to catch them looking at my butt, not Perfectly my child. Perfectly understandable. <laughs> or mine. I could even tolerate that. Yeah, check out Scott. Check him out. Up and down him. Just don't touch. <laughs> yeah. But you look at my kid, and I'm gonna. I mean, that's yeah. That's. Well, that's what they're trying to normalize. That's. Uh... Yeah, and it's and it's uh, minor attracted people, which is different than pedophile. Mm-mm. It's different. Mm-mm. It's different. Mm-mm. One's better than the other. Mm-mm. One is a monster, and the other one is—they just want love. Mm-mm. One just wants sex, and one wants love and commitment and a family. <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> But they're normal, Scott. There's nothing wrong with them, and you shouldn't make jokes, and you shouldn't celebrate when they get arrested or shot. What was it? Uh, the the academic Robert Lindsay from Fresno University basically went on a rampage on Twitter saying that, uh, you know, children like being molested. Let me see if I got that one. Oh, my God. Mm. Like, that puts a nasty taste in my mouth. Robert Lindsay. 
replying to a number of people on Twitter, yes, most kids are not harmed long-term by getting molested. By college, most are over it. Ever talk to women who get molested? I have. Most get over it. And some like it. I've met, I think, six adult women who got molested and liked it. This is Robert Lindsay, California State University, Fresno. BA in journalism, MA in linguistics, independent scholar in linguistics and other areas, published in linguistics and peer-reviewed academic journals. Some examples might be... Most child molesters are not pedophiles. 5,911 views. Is sexual attraction to female minors normal among males? 25,103 views in the top 4%. Oh, my God. That is a that's professor. I, I want that person to babysit my children. Uh, that's, that's not what I was going to say. No, you know what you would do? You would lure them. Like, I've got a five-year-old daughter with green eyes and mocha, like... What, like, like to catch a predator, but with like preemies? Yeah. <laughs> like, just a picture of a, a baby, and I he's just a, like... <sighs> will you babysit them? And then you'd catch them, and you'd be like, Officer, this is a this is a pedophile. This is a minor attracted person. I beat the, their face in to protect a child. Robert, why don't you take a seat? Take a seat, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be me. I would be the one that would be like, take a seat. Darling... <laughs> so you can beat them up. <laughs> but this goes to show when we talked about the the burglarizing and, and shoplifting in broad daylight. And all the other crazy. This is like the shoplifting is funny-ish, but this is not funny. And this is another thing that's trying that's being normalized where they're saying it out loud on the internet, and we all know that nothing on the internet can be erased. It's forever there. And they're saying it out loud and making it an academic thing. Have you noticed that? They oh, keep yeah. using academia to normalize uh, mentally insane behavior yeah. and normalize criminality. As a matter of fact, he, what he said didn't even make sense. He's like, they get over it. If it doesn't hurt them, then there's nothing to get over naturally, right? Right. So if it didn't affect them at all, it... it there's nothing to get over. If they liked it, there's nothing to get over. So if they have to get over something, then that means there was some kind of negative impact there. So this is a guy that has more education than me, makes more money than me. He he probably is in circles with people that are more educated, have more money and more fame. And I know more than him. He's also, evil makes you He's stupid. also evil. So I was just about yeah. to say, evil makes you dumber. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's... You would have to be an academic to swallow any of the premises that this man is spinning. Oh, out. don't say swallow. Well, that's kind of why I chose the word. Don't say if that. If you if you're a plumber from like Burbank or you're a you know like a janitor in like some small town in Texas, you immediately recognize this guy for was it what he is, and you hit him with a stick until he drives away. You know that's the way things used to be done. I was thinking a shovel. Now they're giving them like tenured professorships, and they're putting them in these respected circles and they're being, you know, uh, hailed by the media and their ideas are being circulated amongst the intellectual elite who raise their children based on the premises that people like Mr. Lindsay put forward. So is it really any wonder that kids are like anally raping other kids in the bathroom while wearing a skirt, even though they're male? It's because Mr. Lindsay set the groundwork for it. And oh. then he's also justifying his own child rape, I would assume. Right. Also, this is my last point on this because I don't. I know we didn't want to linger on this subject, mm -hmm. but now we're just both pissy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, this we talked about this earlier. I think it was either today or yesterday, and I was like, Scott, I'm getting really irritated with conservative parents 
because I see a lot of them, uh, they'll go to conservative uh, meetings where you got this like famous person talking and that famous person, uh, famous conservative like talking head will say, stop sending your kids to college. Don't send them to universities. Stop giving your money to these uh, cesspool institutions. Excuse me. Uh, coronavirus beer. Gave me gas. Um, <laughs> and they'll be like, hey, man. And they'll shake their head. And I'll watch these. I, I've seen it. This this happened recently. I saw someone going, yep, yep, yep. But they're sending their kid to college. And they're usually sending them the most liberal one they can get their hands on. And then they're like, we need to, we need to tear down these institutions, which we'll talk about later. Mm. It's like, but you're sending your most precious, the most precious thing that you have. God gave you that child and entrusted you with it to nurture and teach and make it a a normal functional function yeah person understands good and evil and the lines between the two in society and then you're like all this work i've done for these past 17 years they're gonna break it down in one semester and it takes and then you get up into conservative circles and you're like yeah we need to we need to get rid of the we need to tear down we need to shut up because you ain't doing it you ain't putting your money where your mouth is. Now, if the kid wants to pay his own way and he's determined that he wants to go to college or she wants to go to college, pay your own way. I'm not doing it. Good luck to you, bro. It's it's true. You know, it's it's fascinating to me how much, and I think this is why the grifter um, pejorative mm-hmm. has such a sting to it. Mm-hmm. It's because there's a lot of them. And they're on our side. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a lot of people who just want to, you know, they kind of want to like be in the cool kids club, whichever side they choose, red, blue, whatever left, they can get right, famous, wherever they can get famous, maybe get some dollars. Maybe they, maybe they agree with a couple of your talking points, but ultimately they really don't care about most of it. Um, you know, we met a business owner like that the other day and, uh, it's, it's sad. It's kind of pathetic really. And, um, you are part of the, you are part of the reason that everything is becoming so diseased. Yep. You contribute. Yep. Um, honestly, unless you're going to put your money where your mouth is, just, just go join the other team and pretend that you're one of them. Oh, just shut up. Yeah. Um, speaking of teams, I found this fascinating, and I think that this is a good transition now into our main topic, which is the Rittenhouse saga. Saga, saga, saga. Anyway, <laughs> you know why I love this case, Z, um, is because it literally epitomizes why we titled the show Two Americas. Yes. Every single aspect of this show can be analyzed to death, and every single aspect of it can give us a, another example of how we are two separate Americas. Yes. And you can see it in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the most <laughs> hilarious example being at some point in the case, several days ago, the judge's phone went off on camera. Mm-hmm. And so it was proud to be an American by um, Lee Green- Lee Greenfield. Greenwald. Greenwald or Greenwood, Greenfield? Greenwood. 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 Sorry, I'm not a huge fan of the artist. I just know the song. I'm proud to be the an American, American where at least I, I know I'm free. I know I'm free. I'm sorry. See, I don't know the song that well. Oh, no, you didn't. Anyway, so here's the actual. Admonish him in the comment section. Here's the actual video. <laughs> uh, the actions that I had talked about. were done in bad faith that I think. All right. So it, it, not, not particularly relevant to the, you know, the, the case. case itself, but it is. He looks like my grandpa, like who I want my grandpa to be, by the way. And, and I've seen some really interesting analysis of this. And so let me give you mine. <clears throat> 
This gentleman is clearly patriotic, or this would not be his ringtone. His tie. And and the way that he, yeah, and the way that he expresses himself, the way he respects due process, the way he's been tearing Binger, the ADA, apart over his constitutional overreaches and defiance of protocol, et cetera, et cetera, and the fact that he has had such respect for those laws and constitutions and rules doesn't necessarily indicate that he's a big right-wing patriot. But the fact that the left immediately jumped on the fact that his phone played that song told you everything you need to know, not only about the left, but about the way things are going in this country. A judge in America is not allowed to be a patriot anymore. Mm -hmm. Him playing that song means that he's some kind of like hyper-partisan maggot. maggot. Mm -hmm. Isn't that, isn't that depressing? Like, just rewind. Just rewind a little bit. Like, even in Bill Clinton's era, nobody would have balked at that. They'd be like, <laughs> judge, what a nerd. judge has a funny ringtone. Now it's like, maggot, he's a racist. He's helping him get off. Also, the fact that he isn't being dirty. Like, he's not, like, he's not doing, like, uh, what, what, like the, uh, what Ken Fox would probably do. Mm. You know what I mean? He's not yeah. being shady. He's not uh, letting the prosecution get away with... Um, unconstitutional things, so they're like, "Oh, he's 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 uh, rooting for Kyle Rittenhouse." Yeah, and it's like he's just making them follow the rules every step of the way. And see, this is the thing: like Tariq Nasheed, who is a professional racist uh, against whites, and other people like him have been going on these tirades on Twitter and Facebook and whatever. And their talking point is is that this judge is a covert racist, or he's babying Kyle Rittenhouse, and all these other sorts of things. And it's like, bro. Every lawyer in the country, even the most hyper-partisan one, if you get them behind closed doors, will admit that this entire trial is a sham, that everything Binger is doing is, is terrible legal strategy. It's like he's trying to throw the case or deliberately create a mistrial. Mm-hmm. He's being so deliberately over the top with you know his violations and with his ignoring the judge's orders and this, that, and the other. I mean, everybody, people with 23 to 50 years of law experience have been collectively going out into the Twitter sphere and being like, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. If you follow procedure and you follow due process, you're on the right. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying. They're admitting it. If you're constitutional. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you follow the law, you're a bad guy. Mm-hmm. You can't follow the law. You got to play by our rules and make us win. And if you don't do that, you're with the enemy. And this is a very interesting perspective because it's shared by an enormous amount of the country mm-hmm. right now. And that is terrifying. And people don't like this us versus them talk. Like I remember a few years ago, um, a, some uh, pundits, like uh, uh, conservative pundits, and I think if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, I can mo- admonish me in the comment section if I'm wrong, but I want to say Ben Shapiro was one of the people that would be like, let's, like, because it was people that were desperately trying to keep the country together mm-hmm. and wanting no separation, like we just disagree on this and that, but we're still all Americans. And people don't like that us versus them mentality, this like even the war, the war rhetoric that people would use, like right. we're in a culture war right now. And like everyday people that were, uh, that aren't on TV and don't care what people have to say, they would use that language because they were living in the reality of it. Well, stuff like what Scott is talking about, I think is, is good proof that we do have two Americas. They want a two, two-tier justice system. They, they call... Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, a, uh, a a white supremacist. He killed two white people, shot three white people. Um, they call the judge a white supremacist. 
and there's no black people involved in the story at all. There's no one of mm-hmm. color involved in the story at all. I mean, you've got you've got over 50 different news affiliates I can think of just off the top of my head that actually use the word murdered before a conviction took place. White supremacist before that was ever substantiated, and it hasn't been. And that they, the way that the way that they wrote it down, they implied that he was shooting black people. Mm-hmm. And they deliberately kept the the faces of Rosenbaum and Grosskreutz, another one, scrubbed from the articles or from those news feeds. And I mean, I can't think of a more deliberate way to spo- spark a civil war than deliberate misinformation. I mean, didn't well, I say this on the show like a year ago where that Bond villain from like Tomorrow Never Dies mm-hmm. was the, the journalist trying to create the whole world and to get the world into a world war? Yep. I mean, at least he was good at it, like, you know, until he got thrown into that that meat grinder. I mean, it was like, you're, you mainstream media are Bond villains without the panache and without the hot girls. They're literally that evil. And and we always say this because people think we're always hyperbolic and, no. and we've already seen this. It wasn't as, um, as as intense because no one died. But you remember the, the Nick Sandman case with uh, the Indian dude, Native American dude, indigenous person, whatever. He didn't have any Indian. Teeth. He didn't have any teeth, that guy. Uh, he, they had this like weird confrontation and they were like, he smirked and they called him racist and all kinds of names. And oh Nick, yeah, like Nick into Sandman, the wood chipper was one blue check marks comment. Nick Sandman ended up uh, suing them for a lot of money. Now, I was listening to Megan Kelly like I do every weekday morning. You love you some Kelly. I love Megan Kelly. Uh, we disagree a little bit, but I still love her. She's my she, she's, she's still your girl. She's my shero after my uh, friend Becca. And um he she he was interviewing uh the the lawyer that Kyle Rittenhouse had before the one he's got now. Oh, okay. And um He's uh, that that lawyer is representing the guy that got um, violated by Don Lemon, by the way, which we need to talk about on the show because it is hilarious. Um, and if it was a female, it would still be slightly hilarious. Anyway, that's not the matter. The matter is she 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 talked to this guy and she said now we she played clips of Joe Biden, um, CNN, all these different media outlets and uh, politicians who came out and called Kyle Rittenhouse a racist. And um, I think Joe Biden said, like, I hope the right verdict, like as if there was a right one, like a more righteous one uh, verdict happens here, uh, meaning I hope Kyle Rittenhouse gets convicted because I guess he killed a bunch of black people. Like he killed 70 black people, apparently, um, of all shades, all the mocha types. Wow. Anyway, That's uh, impressive. yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, um, he said, the lawyer said that Kyle, will, if he gets, he thinks he's going to get acquitted when he does, he's probably going to be suing people. So this kid, even though he went through something very traumatic and almost died a couple of times, he's probably going to end up a millionaire at the end of the day. And this is, this is part of the dramatics of it is like, you can tell there's two countries when the sitting president of the United States is willing to dive into and offer his opinion on a court case that he doesn't really it know about. It hasn't even started. Make a summary moral judgment on it and then basically sentence the kid to death in his own mind or at least life in prison just because partisanship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cannot tell me that there are not two Americas when a president thinks he can get away with that. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, legally, um, Kyle Rittenhouse maybe could smear the U.S. White House for defamation of character mm-hmm. because of that statement, and maybe he might even be able to get a settlement. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they, that they, they even did it, it's a huge sea change in, in the climate in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Barack Obama used to make this mistake, but most of the presidents before him at least had the good sense to usually sit down and shut up on matters until they'd been resolved or at least until their handlers told them what to say. Mm -hmm. Biden just runs off at the mouth because he knows he can and mm -hmm. because the media will back him up. I mean, they, they just kind of like, they wait for that little shift in the air to change and then they're like, ah, this direction. And they all go in the same direction regardless of whether or not it's moral, correct, or even legal. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me there's not two Americas. There, there, there definitely is. I think one of them is you've got this, the Christian, quote Christian, or even people who want to uh, acknowledge that this country was built on Judeo-Christian values mm -hmm. and they don't ascribe to Christianity. It, it's still, they're on the side of Christian and then there's the secular. So if you're gay, if you're black, if you're an illegal immigrant, if you're uh, Hispanic, if you're a Democrat, if you're uh, disabled, like all of those people are virtuous because of the group that they come from. Right. So if you don't want to, um, if you don't want to use your identity to get clout, then you're on the you're, you're on the other side. And you're a bad guy. You're a bad rules. guy. So I mean, do you remember when the Dylan Roof shooting happened? They kept calling him a Christian white supremacist because they need it to lump into a group. Yes. It can't just be Dylan Roof acting of his own accord. Yes. As a crazy individual, yes, they try to make. He needs to be the poster boy for an entire other group, so mm -hmm. that the group dynamic of battle can take place. Yes, and they even tried to they tried to make white men. All, by the way, by the way, I love white men. I don't know if you know, I love white men, and white <clears throat> men love me. Guess what else? I love black men too. Yeah, I just happen to not be engaged to one. This is true. I don't give a flying flip. I got a first mine. <laughs> It, it literally, you got me first. That's what happened. Uh, so call me what you want. Uh, I like mayonnaise and I like Hershey. It, that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> the, the point is, is that all of these, these right, these left wingers, uh, these leftists, they say like white men are the problem. Don Lemon came out and like radicalized white men are the problem, right? Which He's sleeping with one. Scott, you stole my line. Which means every white man is the problem. Right. He's sleeping with one. He sexually harassed one. The guy that <laughs> the guy that's suing him is a white guy. And he went up and he went up to him. We'll get into it later. I'm not gonna get into a big detail. But he went up to him, he asked him, like, Oh, did you wanna buy me a drink because you like me? And then a conversation ensued, and then he sticks his hand down his pants, rubs his genitals vigorously, and then takes his fingers and sticks it into the man's nose so hard that it threw the man's head back and in and into the bar. He Sexually harassed white men. He is a thing for white men. AOC, white man. Uh, Ilhan Omar, her brother, and a white man. Um, My skin color is not your fetish. Uh -huh. They all like white. And then AOC's with the whitest of white men. So it's like they they come out with these narratives that white men are all evil, except for the ones that uh, whose penis they enjoy. Two Americas. They want to make two Americas for us, but they don't necessarily want two Americas for them when it comes to sex, by the way. Right. It almost seems like all this stuff is concocted by a group of elites. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well. There are, here's a, here's, can I give more examples? Oh, absolutely. I was about to. Um, I wrote them down because you know my memory. Um, here, here, this is how we know. Uh, actually, I don't want to get into this right now. I won't get into it right now. Which part? Um, we talked about it earlier. Okay. What we're going to do later. And well. I don't want to get into it. You know, one of the things that philosophically I find fascinating about this trial is that uh, you have a judge who is a boomer, you know, like maybe a late Gen Xer, maybe for being generous. He looks old. And well, he's been in the job for like 50 years. Yeah, and he's been, he's been around a bit. Mm -hmm. That was a Democrat appointed judge yes. who is a self proclaimed basically a liberal, mm -hmm. right? Who is a patriot, mm -hmm. 
loves America and he loves due process and he loves the rule of law. And con- the Constitution. That's a pretty good qualification. I mean, that would make me happy if that were every judge in America. Mm-hmm. Kyle got lucky to have that judge. Or blessed by God, I honestly believe. I think if he had been tried in somewhere like New York, <laughs> off with his head. Mm-hmm. Um, Southern California. For sure. You know, it, it just wouldn't have been, it would have been a show trial. For sure. But instead, it's turned into a debacle because this judge is actually standing up for due process and keeping his courtroom secure, protecting his ground and not allowing people to run it, run roughshod over it. And this is making the media pissy because they're not getting the result they want, which is a show trial where a white male, cis-hetero, white supremacist mass shooter gets crucified. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not guilty, so that's not going to happen. But because this judge isn't playing his part in their corrupt version of America, they're pissed. Mm-hmm. But what happens when all the boomer judges like him retire or die? Mm-hmm. Ooh, you're screwed. You're screwed, America. Because let's face it, that's a liberal. That was a liberal. Jordan Peterson is a liberal. Tim Pool, Carl Benjamin, et cetera, et cetera. These are truth seekers. Truth seekers and liberals used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. What you're going to get in the next generation that takes and fills those bench seats when people like this judge die or retire, kiss due process goodbye. It's going to be show trials all the way down. Mm-hmm. Pure Soviet Union style. Again, you think of being hyperbolic? <laughs> I don't care about your opinion. You're an idiot. Just watch what's going on around mm-hmm. there. We'll just, see. Just, just, just read the comments section of any discussion online about Kyle Rittenhouse. Something like 80% of the planet believes he shot black people and will not deviate from that belief. Um, it was also put out there that he he uh, chased uh, Rosenbaum, the pedophile. Right. They also believe that he went home and hid and they had to come and arrest him later. The video footage in the trial shows him saying, I'm going to the police. And then he proceeds to run all the way to the police where he is apprehended and placed in the car. On video, in the trial. But you still persist in spreading that misinformation. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing too, Scott. Uh, the thing that's scary to me when I see that, I'm, I'm so glad that Kyle has the judge he's got and he's got the lawyers that he's got and then the prosecutor he got. It's like a big win for him because that guy is just screwing the pooch big time. Mm. And I think and partly he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, but bring up to something. Yeah, he's trying to get a mistrial, I think. Um, but anyway... The thing that I think about on a bigger scale, like if you look at that at a micro level and then you kind of do like a bird's eye view, Mm -hmm. I think what we need to be thinking is this is not a one-off. Like some of the things that you're talking about with the judges, these things happen in in other other counties and other states and other cities where depending on your politics, what you look like in the situation, uh, you will be hung by a judge. The judge is, the judge is not going to be fair. He's not going to make sure everything is fair. Like you're, you're screwed pretty much. So what Scott is saying is not, not hyperbolic. What else is not hyperbolic is that we are all Kyle Rittenhouse. We are Kyle Rittenhouse. And because we are Kyle Rittenhouse, I'll tell you why we're Kyle Rittenhouse. We're Kyle Rittenhouse because we don't want to see our cities burn. We're Kyle Rittenhouse because we don't mind carrying a gun and taking care of business. We're Kyle Rittenhouse because we actually care about the citizens, no matter their political leanings. We actually want America to be safe for both sides of the aisle. Mm. Um, And we're Kyle Rittenhouse because if you come at me, we will bust a cap. Those are the reasons. 
So the thing is, is what I realized is Scott could be in that situation. If Scott or one of my sons or my brother or any of the men I know were in that situation, would they get a, would they get a, a would it, would it be fair? Definitely not in the media. It wouldn't be fair on social media. It would depend on luck, God's grace. Maybe I get a good judge who's impartial, mm -hmm. maybe not. Uh, they started to go fund me. Folks started to go fund me for Kyle Rittenhouse's uh, uh, lawyer Defense fees. fund and so forth. GoFundMe took it down. Why? Because they believed he was a white supremacist murderer. Or they wanted you to believe it. The hashtag Kyle Rittenhouse wasn't allowed to trend on Twitter the first day of the trial. Um, pos positive posts of Kyle were taken down. Articles calling him a white supremacist were not taken down. Uh, and the FBI sat on drone footage until the trial. So when they, I remember watching the trial live and it was like, okay, here's some drone footage for the FBI. And I was like, wait a second. Cause I kept a close eye when all of this first happened and all of a sudden there's footage out there and there may be even some HD uh, 1080p footage out there that'll show even more detail. Our institutions are against us. The media is against us. The court systems could be against us against us, depending on how lucky we get. When I say I am Kyle Rittenhouse, it's because I would have been in that, if I were in that same situation, I wouldn't get a fair shake at it. And the thing is, folks, is that self-defense, if it becomes illegal, and I know I harped on this last show, nothing else matters. Because if your self-defense, it can be vilified, if you are too effective at resisting tyranny, if you are too effective at resisting crime, if you destroy evil people to protect good people or to protect your own life, if that becomes the standard, they can do anything they want to you. And then they'll just spin up a story for everybody to swallow in the press the next morning. Sure would. Let's give a, a, um, a, a compare and contrast. Um, so you've got Gage. So you've got Kyle Rittenhouse is just the person that you and I Gage, would... Gage Grosskreutz. Yeah. You've, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is a person that we would probably agree with more <clears throat> and think we think he's in the right com sure. considering the footage. And then you have Gage, who is the... I think he's the last guy that Kyle shot and mm -hmm. blew off his bicep because that guy was going to shoot him in the head, by the way. Um so let's talk about Gage real quick sure. because he is the antithesis of Kyle. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle was not there to murder. He was there to stop. He was there to help people. And then when it, things went dire, he was he was taking care of the threat, stopping the threat. That was his goal, not to murder, but to stop the threat. Gage's goal was to murder that night. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, he tried to shoot him in the head. Um, Gage sued the city of Kenosha for $10 million, by the way. Um, he lied. Didn't you say he perjured himself? So, you know, he, he, on the stand, was basically saying that, you know, Kyle was chasing Rosenbaum and this, that, and the other. Well, it turns out, and then in the trial, that he changed his testimony, and then the video footage refutes what he was saying. But then he was going on, you know, like Good Morning America type shows. Or, they're propping him up like he's a hero. You know, and MS, CNN and MSNBC and all these things. And they're they're getting him all cleaned up and giving him makeup and stuff and giving him the nice close-ups with the nice lighting. Like, but way better lighting than Z and I have. And <laughs> trying to make him look like he's like a paramedic who's <laughs> there to help people. <laughs> F you. And they got this guy up there and they're propping him up like Z said. And not only is he perjuring himself and lying to all these people, but he's not going to get charged for it. Oh, he's, he didn't get charged for attempted murder either. And you can see in the footage that there was a child on the ground who was being attacked by a mob 
he shoots a couple people self-defense and this guy comes up and kind of sneaks off to the side with a loaded Glock and tries to point it at his head. And that's when Kyle, you know, shoots him in the arm and blows off his bicep. But here's my problem in this situation. So this is the two America's point, right? So in any other generation, Kyle Rittenhouse would be okay. Maybe he would go to trial. Maybe. I mean, he would probably go to trial just to be perfunctory and to get all the facts out. Yeah. And, and back then, you know, they didn't have like previous generations didn't have all the camera footage. They wouldn't have had all that camera footage. It would have been a few witnesses and they would have called it a day. But let's say that they did. Let's say it was like back in the seventies and this situation happened and they did have all that footage. Kyle would be fine um, because people care about due process and actually defending yourself is okay thing. Mm. Um, But now we have two Americas where in one America, Kyle did a good thing. We say he's a good kid. He tried. He he trained himself with that AR-15. Good for him. He protected himself. Uh, we will put him on the side of righteousness. He wasn't there to murder, but he had to do what he had to do because they put him in that situation. Okay, fine. On the other America, you've got the second America who looks at Gage, who, I, if I'm not mistaken, Gage is the guy that held his brother and his grandmother at knife point. Um, and he he has a gun charge. He was he was carrying illegally in Kenosha at the time. Yes, and he tried to kill in the middle of trying to kill someone. He's whining because sixty percent of his bicep is was what he said vaporized. So that guy is the hero in this situation because he I guess he lived to tell the tale. But Kyle Rittenhouse isn't. Mm. This is how this is another piece of evidence that will show you that we have two Americas, and the value system is the biggest thing, the value system. We value self-defense. We value our own life. And if you decide that you're going to try to take my life, you then forfeit yours. That right. Those are our values. If you don't try to take my life, you can go on and be on your merry way. When you, when you step across that line, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. The other side says, Oh, he's not the conservative kid that will that that wears Black Rifle Coffee T-shirts. So this is the kid that we want to prop up because he was injured. You know, and there's a there's kind of a diseased mindset that's um, that's infected and spread like a, like an ideological parasite, and it's this idea that no matter what you do, you are absolved of sin if you're participating in racial justice, you know, because that's the premise behind Kenosha, right? The reason they were burning this place for two days straight and they had to call in like something like 450 cops and a bunch of national guardsmen to contain the chaos and the violence. It doesn't matter if you're a pedophile, serial pedophile like Rosenbaum, rest in pieces, um, or, you know, somebody like Hubert who likes to stomp kids on the head with guns like oh, a moron. Oh, that's the knife guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like Grosskreutz, who likes to go to places where bad things are happening and illegally carry firearms for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. They will absolve these people of sin and they will even celebrate them, eulogize them, make golden caskets for them, like George Floyd, and murals for them because the left needs idols. And in order to promote their narrative, they need to manipulate the populace, they need to get you thinking on their, on their level, and they need to get your support, and they use a religious kind of mindset. You kn- it's, it's a form of idolatry. And if you can supplant the justice that God provides, mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments-style justice yeah. that has inspired our uh, court system, we did a whole show on mm-hmm. this, if they can take God the traditional Judeo-Christian God out of the picture and take that justice away and replace it with George Floyd justice, 
Kenosha style justice, right? Then it really doesn't matter who you are or what sins you've committed or how many children you've diddled or anally raped or how many people you want to murder or how much arson you commit or how many times you scream the N-word around black people before a white kid takes you out. You're absolved Mm -hmm. because you tried to get that white AR-15 toting maggot. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're fighting the enemy, sins are absolved. And I would like to say there there's I can't I haven't seen and maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't seen a piece, a shrivel, a shed of evidence that says those three guys that Kyle shot were actually there for racial justice. Um, uh, what One of them, Rosenbaum, he had just got out of a mental institution because he cray cray or he was. And he went there because there was stuff going on and he just wanted to fight. Like people have testified where he was just aggressive with everybody. You can watch the video. There's like black dudes there who are clearly like part of the protest or something, or maybe they're all up to no good either. And they see this crazy white dude just being like huffing and puffing and red in the face and be like, get you later, N-word, get you later, N-word. If I get you later, I'm going to kill you, N-word, N-word. And they're looking at him like, bro, chill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't know what's going on. They're like, what is wrong with this guy? But because he's part of their group... He's absolved. At least that's what they thought. Here's the thing. I don't think he was part of anything. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but from what I've observed over years and years of paying attention to this is that let's say you and I are BLM and we're out up to no good Mm -hmm. for the cause. If I call you the N-word to your face, Mm -hmm. as long as the next thing that I do is destroy something else, you'll let me get away with it. I see them let them get away with it all the time. I have never seen so many racist and racist pejoratives as when I talk to leftists and liberals. They just spew it, just spew it like out in the open. Uh, and, and I think I'm it's still, that, I'm I, still black. Yeah. I don't know about that, baby. Well, you ever see them hitting each other? You ever see Antifa getting into a fight amongst themselves? Okay, but you're talking about... You ever see a BLM protesters all up and ready for violence start punching the white kids in their ranks? I don't. But but you're talking specifically about the N-word being said. Yeah. And you saw Rosenbaum on video with a bunch of other arsonists and other lunatics, and nobody stepped him aside and beat his ass when he started screaming the N-word over and over and over again. I think it's because he looked too crazy and he looked like he was really? in a mental institution. In a giant mob of criminals ready to kill people. Nobody corrected him. No, 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 because let's be fair. Let's be totally fair. Everybody that was a part of the Black Lives Matter stuff, no matter how much you can't stand them, were not there to riot and loot. But they were okay with burning a gas station to the ground? I'm saying that I don't think every single black person was there for violence. I think that some black people and whites and folks like that who were actually there to like, because they really thought they were doing something for the cause was not there for violence. I think that these three men that got shot are evidence to support me. They were not there for a BLM riot. They were there because there happened to be, or uh, sorry, a BLM protest. I think they were there because there happened to be a riot and they knew that they can go and their demons could just do whatever they want. I absolutely agree with you, but that wasn't the point I was making. The point I'm making is, is that if you go back to 1998 America, whether it's Los the... Angeles, Chicago, Miami, or freaking Spain, if a bunch of black dudes rolled up on a white guy acting like that and screaming the N-word, he would have gotten his butt kicked. I'm saying that I don't think they looked at him like he's on our side. I think they looked at him like he was probably a crazy homeless guy. I don't buy it. Um, I mean, I could see the the logic, but I don't buy it. I think that they watch out for their own. 
They'll let them get away with anything. And we see this politically. We see this in the media. They always cover for each other. As long as they know that you're in that crowd, even if you're a complete utter lunatic and you say things, that you, you, it gets like nails on your chalkboard. It gets in your blood and it's like electricity. You'll still tolerate it as a leftist because ah, he's one of our soldiers. He's absolved. I don't think so. I don't think when, with the, uh, with the racial, racial slurs, I don't think that would fly. I disagree. But maybe okay, the audience okay. can give us their opinion. I was just going to say in the comment section, if you think Zing is right, type Zinga in capital letters with the exclamation mark. And if you think Don't do it just because she's hot. And if you, do it because you believe it. And if you think Scott is right, put him in lowercase letters with a sad face. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> do we have any more examples of how much of a rift there is in America based specifically on the instances from this trial. I don't have any over. more, I don't have any more s specific examples. Um, maybe one day we can write that out. I don't know, whatever. But I, I do want to say um, that we, I don't know if you want to go into this right now, but I want to talk about the institutions for us for a second um, and talk about how we, I think we talked about this, like how people put their trust in institutions. Yes. Do we want to go through? Can I say that, or is that messing up our... I think we can revisit it briefly, but that feels like a whole show topic okay. to me. Okay, can I hit it? Absolutely. Go for it. I just want to hit it real quick, because I had a friend that messaged or texted me and said that uh, they're thinking about getting the vaccine because everything they want to do, they, they need one. I mean, even for our honeymoon um, that we've been trying to plan, there's like all these countries that we wanted to go, and then you go and look it up, and we can't go because we haven't been vaccinated and don't want to. Um and I, I think what we're seeing right now, especially with the Biden administration and some of the, I won't get into it, but some of the quotes and videos that we can pull up where folks in the Biden administration, when you talk about inflation and the rising costs for um, middle, uh, middle class families and, and low income families, and they don't seem to give a flip. I mean, they're pretty much telling us to get over it. And I mean, one, one person even laughed. Uh, uh, Kamala Harris doesn't have a plan. She's in France talking in a French accent. I mean, it's 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 a Fake hot mess. French <laughs> We've got the FBI um, on our butts. I mean, they they've rounded up some more people from January six. They're just locking them in cells. They're not treating them like American citizens. It's like our American citizenship doesn't mean anything. But the the big thing for me is that what I'm seeing is that a lot of people and probably including myself to a degree, have put their trust in institutions. And when I say in, it's like, it's like, it's not like I trust Scott. I trust that you won't cheat on me. I trust that you won't backhand me like a pimp one day. I trust that you're going to be a good dad. I trust that you're going to be a great husband. I trust that we're going to be financially stable as much as you can. Like I, I trust you're going to work hard. I don't put my trust in you. My trust is first in God, mm -hmm. but because you follow God, I'm like, okay, I'll trust you. Unless you tell me differently. Um, I think people put their trust in institutions. But the problem is, is that institution, these institutions are built by men. So what is built by flesh also has to be sustained by flesh. And we all know flesh fails. That's why we can't put our trust in each other, even no matter how much we love each other. We can't put our trust in law enforcement. We've already seen videos of law enforcement officers rounding up citizens as because they didn't put a mask on in Australia. And Scott has talked about ag, talked about that agnosium. We've seen how they hid footage. They didn't put out footage, the FBI of the Cal Rittenhouse thing. We, we've seen the IRS be uh, used as a weapon against the Tea Party folks. We've, we, we've now seen uh, how they're begging other people to pump oil 
please pump more, please pump more. Our gas prices are getting so high and they're shutting down another pipeline in our country. Uh, it, it goes on and on and on and on. Weaponizing OSHA in order to enforce unconstitutional mandates against the country. Yeah, uh, people are are being unemployed by the droves, and then they're and then it's like, well, and we're not going to give you unemployment, even though you've been paying in, into it for years. I'll stop there. I'll digress. But what I do want to say is, I think everybody, because we always want to leave the show with you to have something to think about, and mm -hmm. and because it's there's always things that we're thinking about too. So at the end of the day, it's like, we talk about these big things, but then it's like, you leave like, what can I do about it? Well, the thing that you can do about it is self-improve. And I think one of those things that maybe we could think about this week is what do you put your trust in? And if you're a Christian, you need to be asking yourself, do you put your trust in God or do you put your trust in the welfare check that you hope to get? Or I, I hope that one day the, uh, if something goes down, I'll call the police and they'll help me instead of putting it in your own hands. Like, I think that we need to bring back that rugged individualism and trust and put our trust in God that our lives will be okay and be good because these institutions are failing us and we can see things sustained, sustained by flesh will get corrupted. And I think the founding fathers knew that as well. I mean, this is the, this is the government the founding fathers warned us about, folks. Yes. This is why we created the government that we have. That's why they took so much time and prattled on and argued so much about the Constitution and the way it was written, the Federalist, Anti-Federalist Papers, all that stuff. There were people who put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and I mean emphasis on blood, Mm -hmm. to make sure that they had a government that could withstand a lot of crisis. Well, what did the Democrats do every administration? They shave off a little bit of the edge of that security. Yeah. They shave off a little bit of the Constitution. They shave away some of the you know, judicial expectations and policies and norms. And what they do is they eventually carve out enough of it that the whole thing cracks. Well, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing what happens when America finally breaks. We can't even trust our scientists and doctors right now, guys. I mean, it's it's a hot mess. It's a hot mess. But It is two different countries. One, like yeah. us, who is still living under the, in some ways, I consider myself delusional, the old America that mm -hmm. actually cares about due process and the Constitution and whatnot mm -hmm. and has traditional moral values. And then there's another America out there which... <sighs> The genders don't exist, and they're okay with you diddling their children, and academics can get away with saying it out loud without being run out of town on, with tars and feathers on their back. And stoned. I mean, it's it's unreal. Mm -hmm. It's uneffing real. There's there's you, you know how you know how you know it's insane. Leftists always support Islam, mm -hmm. right? They're mm -hmm. they're sort of like weird bedfellows. Go to any Muslim majority country and try to get away with that crap. Just try it. They'll just be beheaded by with a dull a, a dull butter knife. They just don't care. They would just throw you off a roof or light you and on fire. Feed you to their goats. I mean, even even they, living in the Stone Age as they are, know that you're crazy. That's how crazy we've become, and we're supposed to be the civilized leader of the free world. We've given up. There's nothing civilized about pedophilia. There's nothing civilized about America anymore. You may still be able to go to a restaurant and, okay, y'all, I got to put on my mask and Our show values. my paperwork. How bad is it? But you're sitting around a bunch of people that probably have had an average of two to three abortions apiece it's who, our, think, yep. who think that yep. somebody like Kyle Rittenhouse should die mm -hmm. and that you have no right to defend yourself mm -hmm. and that they concoct stories in their head to justify these beliefs that aren't even true, like Kyle shot a bunch of black people who are protesting for their civil rights and they don't even have the wherewithal or the desire to look it up and find out that it's false. Mm -hmm. And they'll call you a bastard and get you fired from your job for saying the truth that is out there, documented, ready for them to see. Yep. 
It's the values are, that are uncivilized. They are, they are civilized looking monsters in skin suits. You may be able to sit down next to these people and have a pleasant conversation, but make no mistake, that demon will rip your face off. Mm -hmm. It's the values that are uncivilized, for sure. We can, we can dress up and it's like, it's like a person that doesn't bathe ever and then they don't shave and then they want to wear a pretty dress and their legs are flowing like the hair and then their, their pits and their eyebrows are never... <laughs> so much hair! Are never... Uh, there's uh, so much hair in this example. There's a lot of hair and then <laughs> they like, <laughs> they've been like rolling in dookie and then they come in, <laughs> they come to like prom night or something and they sprayed like Chanel number no. five because that's fancy and they've got a, a Versace dress on that costs a lot and maybe their hair was cut by some famous gay hair cutter I think I'm like, and they're like, like wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and they're like I look good and I'm civilized and like you're like it's Dookie and Chanel number no. five I'm thinking of like cousin it from the Adams family like wearing a prom dress exactly <laughs> that's that's what they look because that's what they look like on the inside it's, these people <laughs> that's what they look like on the inside like we're all self-improving we're all trying and Blah, blah, blah. But these people don't even try. When you don't try, the chick that doesn't try, she stops shaving her legs. She stops shaving her armpits. She lets her eyebrows grow out. She doesn't bathe as much. And then she's like, he should like me anyway because he put a ring on my finger. Like, no, no, no. You try. This is you try. And stop putting perfume over your funk. <laughs> you said it, Z. See, that's good. See, now you will never forget it. <laughs> Woo, that's a way to get it buried in the old memory banks. You'll you'll remember Scott said they're uncivilized. And you'll be like, yeah, they're that ugly girl with the dookie and the Versace dress. <laughs> Those hairy people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, let's have a nice little palate cleanser, darling, with All our right. new segment we are going to be going into. And that is Muy Caliente. <laughs> We're going to rate tweets using peppers from the Scoville Heat Unit's Heat Index. We're going to take the hottest takes, the spiciest takes, the meanest takes, and we're going to rate them according to their corresponding pepper. First example we're going to have comes from Palmer Report. Think about how many people will now literally die in Virginia due to lack of health care, social programs, etc. People will literally die because you wasted this election cycle whining about Merrick Garland instead of phone banking in Virginia, and you killed them! Jesus uh, Christo, good God almighty. Despite the histrionics, I'm going to have to rate that one a banana pepper. Kind of bland. Yeah, I mean, that was a little, yeah, a little much. You know why? Conservatives already killed everybody. Get over oh, it. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Our next example. This one comes from Stephen L. Miller, a checkmark. Oh, God. Everything. ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> Everything the Lincoln Project touches dies or is under 18. Ah. Oof. We're going to have to give that one a habanero. Oh. Lincoln Project's going to need a glass of milk, and touching kitties is no bueno. Stop oh, that. Stop that. Man. I, think, I thought they liked it. Yeah, well, hmm. a little too much. <laughs> this next tweet comes from Mark Slapinski. Who the devil is that? I can speak for most vaccinated people and mm -hmm. say I take great joy in seeing unvaccinated people excluded from parts of society. I don't like your voice. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of... We're gonna have to give him a jalapeno. Can I? Okay, so the first two, the first one, and then this one, you could tell it's kind of written by like a very feminized man, by the way. Mm -hmm. You can tell by the way it's composed. Because they think they're doing something, because like what I just said was spicy. I can tell you that I speak for everyone. <laughs> All right, well, Mr. Slipinski, we're gonna give you a jalapeno because 
Medical apartheid for an endemic disease that doesn't affect most people. That's spicy, but mean. 99.9997. I'm going to finish it. This next one's a video. We'll pop it up on the screen. Yvette Nicole Brown, checkmark. And the Oscar goes to dot, dot, dot. Kyle Rittenhouse showing his PTSD in a genuinely emotional moment. That's... Wow. We're going to give you a Serrano. Dark, shriveled, and spicy pepper. Kind of like the owner of this tweet. PTSD is acting when conservatives do it. <laughs> Piss off, lady. Next example. This is from Adam Kriegler. Mm-hmm. Little binger. That's pretty good. All right. So for but- context for the audience, a few people went out there on Twitter and said, hey, give us your closest movie villain approximation of binger for the ADA from the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. That is clever wordplay and a very good <laughs> comparison. The problem, and I know you're going to give, what's, what, okay, what's your spicy index? I gave him for that one a uh, cayenne pepper, which is, is pretty hot. Yeah, see, I wouldn't have given it that hot because I never watched Game of Thrones because too much booty in it. And Incest. I, and, yeah. I, I saw the picture and I was like, oh, that kind of looks like the guy. And then you were like, yeah, it's Littlefinger guy. Is that his name? Littlefinger was the name of the character, yes. Yeah, that's freaking hilarious. <laughs> On to the next one. Z is not impressed. James Lindsay. Lots of people want Jesus to flip the money changers table so they can pick up the coins. Oh! oh, oh, oh. I'm going to have to give him a Tabasco pepper for that one, calling out the religious grifters on the right. You thought you were safe, didn't you, fellas? We got your number two. Have you seen that one prophet that's like prophesying? He's up, he's on the stage gyrating, and he, he has like contacts and his... Anyway, he looks gay and he's a young guy. I feel bad for him. And he's always like gyrating on stage with these like bedazzled suits and stuff. And then people were like going up and like throwing money at on the stage at him. I was like, like a wow. stripper? He, I, <laughs> he's a prophet stripper. He's a whore for Jesus. All right. Let's move on to our next example. We're starting to get into the real hot zone. These are our best curated tweets for this session mm-hmm. of Muy Caliente. From Michael Malice, Uh-oh. a check mark. Uh-oh. Corporate journalists are jihadis without testosterone. Ooh. <laughs> That's Ooh. mean. <laughs> I'm going to have to give him a habanero for that Ooh. one because that hurt. <laughs> You're going to feel that one the next morning. Ooh. <laughs> Let's drink some milk. All right, and here it is. And call out of work. <laughs> yeah, drum roll. We've got our spiciest take. <laughs> this one comes from a relative unknown, her name being Helen Carter. This is completely unacceptable. If the blacks are going to vote for the racists, then maybe we shouldn't let them vote anymore. Sometimes you have to do what's good for them, even if they don't understand why. <laughs> That's an actual tweet. That's from an actual yeah. human. <laughs> you know what? This Ooh. is this is what every white, especially the females, this is what every white, white liberal woman says. They say it in their head and then they say it in the things that they do, but they are, they are never that upfront about it. Helen, Helen definitely drank too much Chardonnay. And Helen uh, was crying. Said the quiet part out loud. Helen was probably crying that night and she was just like, because <laughs> you know, like, you know, like yeah. uh, when, yeah. when women get mad at their men and they send them long Ooh. text messages. Helen, you done screwed up. That's what she did to Twitter. Listen, the Carolina Reaper Award goes to Helen Carter. <laughs> Helen, your one black friend is not going to like that tweet. They're going to have some questions for you. <laughs> she deleted the tweet, but the internet is forever. And you get the Carolina Reaper Award. Congratulations. Yay. Dun, 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 and that dun, 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 
Was this week's muy caliente. And I know that's Johnny Cash, but it kind of goes with it. Johnny Cash sounds kind of like mariachi music to you? Well, he has that one song, Ring of Fire. Maybe that'll be our song. So we'll get a copyright strike. Stop singing. Ugh, they use any excuse around here to get us off this tube. Well, thank you for tuning in for that. And if you have any great spicy takes or you have some really oh, phenomenal yeah. tweets that maybe I didn't find, uh, even though I'm like hip deep in Twitter all day, send them to me. I'll take them out and I'll put them in our next segment. Yeah, DM us. Slide in our DMs, baby. Speaking of which, we're starting to get close to the end of the show, but there is a use of force segment that I had that I really wanted to go into. And this one kind of breaks my heart, but I think there's a lot to be learned from it. So what do you say we just transition right into Let's that one? Let's do it. Boom. year old boy, the victim on a scooter waiting at the corner of 179th Street and University Avenue in the Bronx when a stranger attacks him before stabbing the teen mm. multiple times. It happened last month in the middle of the afternoon. We're just getting the video. I witnessed right, So I know that's difficult to see, and I know that most of my use of force segments are. Um, there's a lot to learn here, and I want to go through it. Do you have any initial thoughts, though, just watching? Uh, a lot of cars drove by, which is <laughs> a concerning. A lot of people, too. Like, but... I, f I feel like I would have been like, skirt! And pull like as you know me and Bruce, Bruce is my six R, and I I, I don't I, maybe I would have gone up and like get away from like I, I, it concerns me how many people were around and there was no other people within that. They do a uh, continue if you continue watching this footage and um, you know the link's not hard to find the they go and they they talk to a lot of people and show them the footage and they're all shocked by the fact that nobody steps in either. I mean this is broad right. daylight on the corner of a street in a major city. But listen, there's there's a few lessons to take away from this. One, you had an individual uh, who was obviously African-American, covered up with a hoodie, a mask, hands in pockets, and he approaches a Caucasian 15-year-old sitting on a scooter. I'm not sure if they knew each other. doesn't seem like they were from the news report. They thought they did. He started talking in a threatening manner to the kid making threatening gestures at him, obviously trying to instigate some sort of altercation. So this is an unprovoked attack. Um, given that we don't have any prior cause or any other reason why these two might have a beef with one another, we'll just assume until that information comes out that this was unprovoked. So you have one gentleman approaching a child, again, teenager, attempting to instigate. The kid apparently responds because they clip to the two of them struggling. This results in the white kid going down, at which point, instead of finishing the fight and simply walking away, feeling like a man, he pulls out a weapon, which is why his hands were in the pocket in the first place, which I'll discuss momentarily, and starts going in for kill shots. Mm. The thing you have to understand is, is that in these scenarios, again, we'll discuss legality and morality and all that sort of thing, but the fact that they are white and black is entirely relevant. It's entirely relevant. So, legality. All right, you're minding your own business. You're a teenager sitting on a scooter in a busy city in a busy street, and you're about to cross the street or head on home or whatever. Someone approaches you of a different race than you that you know is backed by the media, considered a protected class, is a minority, has a history of high levels of crime in your area, and is covered head to toe except for their eyes and starts getting threatening with you. Your first instinct should be to create space. That person is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Whether they act out or not, irrelevant. You can't gamble with your life. Whether they consider it racist or rude or not is irrelevant. Don't gamble with your life. 
If you're in India and you're in a bad part of town and some guy's giving you that dead's eye, like jackal stare and he starts approaching you and he's walking, you know, like shoeless, like a zombie and his like shirts off and he's carrying the stick. Don't worry about his feelings. Just run, right? He'll get over it. All right. Same premise here. When you have a situation like this where somebody is being aggressive with you, don't treat it like, I think the reason this kid got stabbed is normalcy bias. When you are used to a certain level of decorum and civility and normalcy in your life, and then somebody out of the blue just comes up and starts instigating with you, it can be a little shocking. It can, it can throw you off for a second. You might be like, is this real? And from the posture of the kid, it seems like he's not all that concerned initially. And when the dude makes the flinch at him, he kind of like flinches a little bit, but he's obviously not scared out of his wits and doesn't like respond with a big old fist and freak out. They had to amp each other up to get to the point to where the kid finally got off the scooter and started throwing fisticuffs, right? So that was this kid, this African-American attacker's intention was to amp this guy up so that he had an excuse to kill him with the knife. Mm. Now, here's the thing. People start fights with each other all the time. They have mutual combat all the time. I mean, you've ever seen two guys struggling outside of a bar, which I have a million times and I've had to break up those fights. It's very normal. It's not encouraged, nor is it civilized behavior, but it's normal. And to a certain extent, we can manage it. But when you come preloaded with something like this in your pocket and you start a fight with somebody deliberately so that you can pull it out and use it, that's attempted murder. That younger black man, and he looks like a young black man, approached that 15-year-old white kid with the intent to provoke him into a fist fight so that he had an excuse to use his concealed knife to kill him because he wanted to kill a white man, one he thought he could beat in a fight. How do you know those things? Well, that's all I have. Unless I have prior context, some proof that they had a beef, he didn't rob him, he didn't take any of his possessions, he didn't sexually assault him, so the only thing that he wanted was the violence itself. And if you watch the footage, the white kid's getting the brunt of it. Mm -hmm. He's not winning that fight, he doesn't really get any good licks in, he mostly pretty much ends up on his back and the other kid dominates him, which is why the guy approached him in the first place, because he probably believed he could do so. Once he had him on his back, what did he do? He didn't knock him out. He didn't give him a stomp and then walk away and say some more, you know, F you, this, this, F that, poke his chest out and feel like a man. He got him on his back because he knew he could win the fight. And then he went in for lethal shots with a knife, even though he didn't need it. Wasn't like the white kid was getting the better of him. He didn't take any belongings, didn't take his shoes, didn't take his scooter, just ran. Motive is by my contention and my assumption, murder of a white person. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe he just wanted to murder a person. Hmm. The way things are going lately, and the rash of these that we've been seeing in big cities where interracial violence is increasing, and it's mostly coming from, unfortunately, blacks, I'm gonna put my money on the fact that this was a hate crime. Hmm. Now, personally, I don't actually care about hate crime legislation. Murder's murder. Attempted murder is murder. That's good enough. But mm -hmm. given that that's a parlance that we use and that's a legal terminology that we now use, I'm gonna use it too. This, I believe, was a purely instigated, unprovoked, unnecessary hate crime by a black against a smaller white, younger white, with the intent, it was kind of an ambush, to get him off his scooter so that they could get into a fight so that he could stab him multiple times with that knife. Whether it's because the kid's mentally ill or just having a really bad day or just has really bad feelings about white people, irrelevant. Now, what do you do about this? All right, if you're in that situation, first off, recognize that you're dealing with a person who has overt hostility towards you potentially. 
create distance. Second thing, if you can't see their hands, ask to see their hands. Hey man, do you mind if we're having, if we're gonna have a little discussion here, do you mind just taking your hands out of your pockets so we don't have a misunderstanding? Now when I say that, I'm saying that because I, you know, I will shoot you. But maybe you're not armed. Chris Hansen did it all the time. Yeah. Have a seat. Take your hands out of your pockets. Take your hands out of your pockets for me. And if they don't comply, there's a reason why. And you really want to create space. Mm -hmm. um, I kept myself from getting brained with a rock once because of this very same tactic. This year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I told him, I'm like, look, you need to take your hands out of your pockets if we're going to have a discussion at five in the morning in a parking lot that's dark. Mm -hmm. And the guy took it out and there was a big old rock in it. Oh, what are we going to do with the rock? We're going to talk to me with it? No, Hi, no rock. Yeah, no. So he was going to hit me in the head with it. But because I called him out and because he saw my knife, he was like, mm, mm, it's my rock. No comprendo. It's my friend. Señor. Anyway, so, you know, get the hands out of the pocket so you can see what's in them. And then at least you can figure out like, oh, do I need to sprint or do I need to shoot? You know, either way, get the hands out or at least ask them to show them. Next thing, don't jabber jaw with these people, right? Some rando approaches you on the street and starts getting like heated with you. Don't get heated back. Create space. Get the heck away from them if you can. Get on your scooter and rev it and go. Like, whatever you got to do, just exit the situation because it ain't going to go anywhere good. Um, you know, when it comes to morality here, well, escape and evade is probably your best tactic anyway because then nothing can happen to either of you mm -hmm. if you can successfully escape that situation. But if you get heated and they get you up to that level where your blood's boiling and you're like, I'm going to fight you, oh, okay. And this 15-year-old kid got to that level well, now he's got multiple holes in him, and I don't even know if he's alive or dead, I honestly. Just, I was just going to uh, ask. Because the news report didn't really say. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can go into it deeper, but that's if not the died, point. If he died, they probably would have said. But that's not the point. You have multiple holes in you now because there were holes in your plan, your self-defense plan. And that is don't rise to the bait, all right? People are going to challenge you all the time. People are going to come up to you and just try to get, get one over on you because their ego's hurt or because they have a bad day or because they're crazy or because they don't like your face or because they don't like your race. Don't rise to the bait because they have something in their hands, they have something in their pockets, and they're planning to use it on you. And even if they aren't, why take the risk? You don't know. There's too many variables in the real world. So the best thing you can do is control what variables you can control, keep distance, make sure that you can see their hands, and escape if possible. Now let's say escape is not possible, and this person decides to just start hammering you while you're sitting on that scooter. Go as hard as humanly possible and do not forget about their hands. So if you're at that close range, you know, boom, you get in there with an elbow, you start slamming into them with the hardest shots you possibly can as aggressively as you can, and then you try to secure their arms to see what they're concealing in those pockets. At that point, it's a struggle, but at least you responded with enough aggression that maybe you surprised them and kept them from getting that lethal weapon, potentially, that rock, that gun, that knife, that ice pick, out of that pocket to where they can't deploy it against you. Hopefully at that point, people are seeing you struggling. Start calling for help. Start telling this person to stop fighting. Scream it at the top of your lungs. Draw as much attention to yourself as possible so that somebody at least has to come over with a video camera because that's about as good as you can expect in the blue city these days. But I, I digress. Legally, in this situation, the best thing you can do is sort of escape and evade. Try to defuse the situation. If that's not possible then fight as hard as humanly possible and make sure that you try to keep the weapon hand, that potential weapon hand, again, we don't know yet, it hasn't come out of those pockets, keep that secure. And then draw attention to yourself. Morally, if you can diffuse the situation, then that's best for everybody because then nobody gets hurt, nobody potentially gets killed. 
and everybody can go about their day and maybe he can regret his decisions later and he can, you know, apologize to God on his own time for being a prick to some random stranger on a scooter. However, if the attack happens and you can't leave, they won't let you leave, you're morally justified to do what you have to do to make sure that you can leave safely, which means rip and tear, all right? And make sure that you control the knife hand. Uh, that's really all I have to say about that one. You have any last comments? Um, I guess the biggest thing I get from this, obviously, is the people that didn't help. That that really concerns me for because of cultural cultural reasons. But yeah. um, besides that, I guess we can say that we know that the black person wasn't Don Lemon because the white kid didn't get sexually assaulted. <laughs> Way to lighten up that one. <laughs> he didn't stick his fingers in his nose. It's clearly not Lemon. I rest my case, Your Honor. No genitals were rubbed aggressively. <laughs> and that has been this week's use of force. <laughs>Baby, this has been a great episode. There's a lot to discuss, and the saga of Kyle Rittenhouse breaks my heart. It really does. Yeah, I think what we what we're learning is, which I'll go over again, very clear. Like rugged individualism, absolutely. Um, which I think he portrayed, but they're trying to make that illegal. Um, they're trying to make self defense illegal because of who you are and what you come from, where you come from, and what you believe and what your values are. And I say we double down. I really, really do. I mean, we, we talked about Jordan Peterson and how he got the jab, and now he's like, well, what the F? He's up there cussing people out because he's pissed off that... He still doesn't have freedom. ...that the rules didn't apply to him. He was like, well, if I, if I play by your rules, will you, will you leave me the hell alone? I can't do his voice. But it's just like, it's like well, it's stupid and the, me. And the answer is no. So if you think I can get the jab and... Uh, I'll be fine. I'll have more freedom. I'll get the job that I want. I'll be able to go places. We'll be able to go on the honeymoon we want. We won't. <laughs> the honeymoon that we want. You can think that, but I think you'll be, be naive and be believing in a lie. I think that you need to open your freaking eyes and see that you are on one side of America and the institutions are on the other. And when I say institutions, I mean every single one. That, that's from, from academics down to breweries. There are breweries even in our, in our city mm -hmm. that are highly, highly uh, uh, politicized yep. and partisan. And it makes me wonder if I want to drink their beer because they don't like me. We're going to have a guy on the show at some point and we're going to uh, have him and Scott kind of debate about um, professional sports. Won't get into it because teaser. Um, but... One of the things I disagree with that, guys, I'm like, why do I want to support people that hate me? It's the yep. same, these same people that are tweeting about Kyle Rittenhouse and making fun of him because the kid is is having a PTSD moment. Like, I don't know what you call that, but he's having a moment of PTSD because you can see it kind of building up when he's talking and then it just comes flooding out. And if you watched the Court TV version or a live stream or whatever you call it, his mom broke down as well. Yeah. It was real, y'all. It was real. That kid was scared for his life. He stopped the threat, and now he's being demonized for it. Um, so I just want to say that if you don't like the us versus them 
um, uh, rhetoric, I think that you're being naive and I think that you're being dumb and I think you just don't want to believe that there is. There is a culture war going on. There's a, a war of values. Like we're, We are in a tug of war over this country right now. And I think if you believe that you don't have to choose sides and you don't have to get in a political fight, I think you're being even more naive and even more stupider because whether you like it or not, we, what we saw in 2020 and what we've seen uh, this year is that politics will come at your do your doorstep, whether you like it or not. All of these parents that are outraged right now, they should have known what was going on when their kid be started kindergarten, but they didn't. And it was 2020 and 2021 that told them. A lot of these parents, and we, we read that tweet, a lot of these moms, progressive Democrats, voted for Glenn Youngkin because they care about their kids. They care about their sons and their daughters. And they were... Their, their kids were being used as a political, uh, what would you call it? Uh, pawns. Uh, uh, political tools. pawns, political tools. And they're trying to groom the next generation mm -hmm. for pedophilia, for LGBTQ lifestyle, and to be uh, activists. And so what I think is somehow, whatever you can do, and I think we're going to keep harping on this until the, the, cows, the come home, cows come home and Kyle is black and I'm purple. What you can do is work on you. Do your part. We can't save the world, but we're doing our part. Maybe your part is self-improvement. Maybe your part is finally going to church because you've been saying you're one to go for a long time. Maybe God wants to use you. We saw, we heard Mark Robinson's testimony when he came to our church and preached. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, for those of you who aren't local. Of North Carolina. Yes. Thank you. Um, he was down and out and didn't have a purpose in the world until that moment he finally was like, okay, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And then the next week or the, the uh, next couple of weeks is when he did that city council speech. Maybe God wants to use you. Maybe God just wants you to be a good mom. Maybe you're just supposed to be a good dad. Maybe you're just, you're supposed to start a boxing ring in a, in a inner city, uh, inner city community and teach some of these black kids that they don't have to be statistics. They don't have to be that kid that just was looking to murder somebody. Like if everybody's doing their part, if everybody's on their battlefront, a lot of these issues wouldn't be issues, but we fell asleep. We were asleep at the wall. We were asleep at the gate. And now we're waking up and seeing that the enemy is right there within feet. And now we got to do something, but at least we're awake now. So I say, wake the heck up, do your part, improve yourself and don't allow yourself to be naive and don't allow yourself to be caught with your pants down. Hey, the only thing I would add to that is pray. Mm -hmm. If you believe in a God, if you believe in the God, the living God, pray. Because it isn't hopeless. No. But it very well could become hopeless if we allow judgment. And this is a subject we'll get into in more detail on our next show, but yeah. a little preview right? You turn your face away from God. You allow people to diddle your kids. You allow people to worship new gods. And eventually when things get bad enough, no matter how much patience God has, no matter how much mercy he has, he will turn his face from you and he will deliver you into the hands of your enemies. So for those of you who have been familiar with what China's been up to, maybe start reading Isaiah again, and that'll be the theme of our next show. In any case... We hope you enjoyed this show. Thanks for tuning in with us. We love this. We look forward to it all week. But we can only go on for so long. So we are going to get out of here and enjoy the rest of our evening. 
Thank you so much for tuning in with us. This is Two Americas. We're the conservative couple. We love you guys. Now get lost. <laughs> Good show, baby. You guys are awesome. We love having you here. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. But did you know that we're actually part of a larger network? You find us on The Urban Conservative or TUConservative.com. TUConservative.com is a conglomerate of a bunch of different shows and podcasts. You've got our show, Two Americas. You've got the twins show, The Urban Conservative. You've got David Hensley's show, The Hensley Report. And of course, you've got Freedom Talk with Clarence Henderson. So if you want to see more of this swirl, you got to get behind the paywall. $10 a year. It's basically ceremonial, honestly. You guys aren't making us rich. You're just making it possible. So if you want to contribute to people like us, to freedom fighters, to content creators, to the merchandise and all the other options and all the other bloggers and contributors that are on the way in the future, give us that small, measly amount of money and you can forward our ideological battle to the moon. Anyway, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Come here. Seriously, get lost. We need a moment. Mm -hmm.